Hey, hey, this is Chris, and I am back, and I am in what arguably uh, might be the nicest cocktail bar in London, and that is Duke's Bar. And I am with Henry Jeffries, a uh, drinks, books, and culture writer. Uh, he writes for The Guardian, The Spectator, The Oldie. He blogs at uh, World of Booze, and he is the author of two books, Empire of Booze, and the not quite released, or maybe just released, depending on when I publish this episode, um, The Home Bar, uh, published by Jackie Small. And we're going to talk a little bit about his work and the, the book. And the book. So, hey, Jeffrey, how are you? Hey, Henry, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we might be a drink in. Yeah. So, um, forgive me. Anyway, so, The Home Bar, what was the inspiration for, for your book? Well, I mean... To, to put it very boldly, it was that they paid me to write the book. So oh. it's always nice when a publisher gets in touch and says, here, have some it money. It was the publisher's idea. It was the public. Well, it was actually Alexander Rickard's idea. Okay. He of Perno Rickard okay. fame. Okay. And he has this amazing bar in his Paris apartment, which if you see the book, you'll, mm-hmm. the, most of it's shot there. Um, and he said, I want a book about this. So he went to a British publisher and they found a writer who's yes. me, and I'm very interested in bars. I spend most of my life in bars. I drink a lot, um, only, only the very good stuff. And um, I read a lot, and I'm interested in history and culture and stuff. So they thought that I'd be a good person to write this. And um, I must say, I really enjoyed learning about home bars. So the book for me yeah. was, a, was a learning experience. Okay. I don't have a home bar now, but I used to. And... Uh it's great. <laughs> it's great to invite people over. You have sort of your own little world. Uh, do you have a home bar? Um, I don't, but um, the, 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 well, the way that I've looked at it is the home bar is a very broad church. Yep. So it could be a cocktail cabinet, it could be a drinks trolley, it could be a cupboard where you keep your drink, as long as you do it properly, as long as you have good bottles, you yes. have a shaker, you have a, a tray, an ice bucket, okay. that sort of thing. Because I thought the, the number of people who actually have proper bar in their home, especially in the little houses and flats we have in London, is going to be very small. Yeah. So I've done it as a very broad, a broad area. Yeah, well that's exactly it. When I had a home bar, I had a big sort of suburban home, that sort of thing. Yeah. Were you uh, visiting a lot of home bars for the book? I visited a few, yeah. I think, well, I think the kind of heyday I always think of as 50s America. Okay. I think of that sort of, yes. you know, big houses, big cars, martini after work, yeah. that kind of American dream, like... Um, in the graduate, the home yes. bar yeah, yeah. she has in the graduate. Um, that for me is the ultimate home bar, and very few people in Britain have that kind of thing. Right, Most yeah. people have something that's a bit more only fools and horses. You know, only fools and horses. Mm-hmm, yeah, Del Boy, he's got his little one. Okay. Um, so I was hoping to find something as grand as um, as the graduate, but most of them were a little bit smaller, a bit more modest. Okay. But you cover it all. Okay. It's all there. Yeah, 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 it's all in the book. Yeah. Along with. Well, let's see, you've got recipes, uh, ideas on how to stock your own home bar. Yeah. Well, that's my sort of area of expertise, okay. is the drink itself. So that, that was my favourite bit to write. So I write okay. about what's a good bourbon to use, what's a good um, blended whiskey. Basically, the sort of absolute minimum that you need. So there's a section where it's like, you cannot do without these bottles. Okay. And then there's a much wider section on Calvados and Armagnac and Creme de Menthe oh, right, and yeah. all, all those sort of things. Well, what is one you cannot do without? I think a good, either a spicy bourbon or a rye, I'd say. Okay. M- almost more than anything else apart from gin, 
Mm-hmm. That's what you have to have. Okay. And one of those because they blend so well with other co- with other ingredients, or you just a big fan of? Oh uh, well, I, just for the classic cocktails for a Manhattan, a an old fashioned, that sure. sort of thing. So all the classic cocktails are either sort of urban rye based or they're gin based. So okay. I think it's something that people over here perhaps neglect a bit is having a good American whiskey. Okay. Yeah. Well. And how'd you get into drinks anyway? Um, or writing about them? Yeah, I suppose I suppose that they're sort of yeah, two slightly separate things. But I've always been quite interested in alcohol. I suppose I, as, a, mm. as a student, I used to I used to drink quite a lot. Um, but I got quite into wine when I was about twenty twenty one. Okay. And I went to work for Oddbins in, oh, right. in in Leeds. I was a student in Leeds. Got a job in Oddbins and worked mm. for them. This would be late nineties, okay. early noughties. Um, which was a wonderful experience. It was sort of, we were paid very, very little, but we used to, we were given a lot to try. So it was this fantastic education in in, in drink. Um, And then I left the wine business and went to work in publishing. Um, But this sort of, it kind of gnawed at me. I had always had this interest in wine and in drink more widely. Um, So in about 2010, I started a blog called World of Booze, which which you mentioned. And... It just sort of took off. I think it was the sort of time when blogging was still quite big, sure. uh, before Twitter sort of took over and yeah. Instagram and all that sort of stuff. And somebody sent it to Rachel Johnson, Boris Johnson's sister, right. who used to edit the Lady magazine. Right. Yes. And she called that. me into her office. Okay. Sort of summoned me up for tea mm-hmm. and said, "Do you want to be our wine writer?" And I said, um, "Okay." Yeah. And I actually, I probably didn't know enough about wine to be a wine writer. Okay. But I could write. You don't say no. To you know, like you, don't, say, right, yeah, you yeah. don't say no. So, the, so it, I suppose it all went from there. And then people asked me to write about things. And people asked me to write about spirits more than wine. Okay. So I'd get a call from the Cardian saying, Craft Gin, can you right. write something by? And so I would. And I found that I was quite good at becoming an instant expert on things, okay. oh, which I suppose is the... Uh, the key yeah. to journalism, that's, isn't that's, it? That's, that's important. That's and then important. it kind of pushed out my day job. I used to work in publishing, okay. and I just realised that I had to pick one, either publishing or, or writing. Right. So I went for for do writing. You know the, uh, do you know the wine blogger Denise Madrano? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah. Uh, I think the wine sleuth. Found, yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, I interviewed her, so I looked for that. Um, she kind of got her start and interest uh, working at Odd Benz as well. I think here in London. But she used to work on Marleybone High Street. There you go. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think I used to be a customer there oh, with, of hers okay. before I knew her for wine tasting. Wow. Sounds like maybe I should interview someone at Oddbends these days. Yeah, well, you should. Yeah, it would be interesting. I'll tell you who would be great. There's this chap called Steve Daniel, okay. who was the head buyer at Oddbends in the late 90s. And he was the person who, first of all, started Os- Oddbends. And therefore, mm-hmm. the re- Oddbends were first with everything. Sure. So, Australian wine, Chilean wine, and then, slightly mad, Greek wine. Okay. And then he left and when our bins right. got, got bought out by someone. But he is a sort of visionary wine buyer, so he was first with everything. Okay. He's a fascinating man. All right. Oh, cheers. Thanks for the tip. And so so you started writing about spirits. Yeah. And then well, when did the first book come out? The first book came out in 2016. Okay, that's Empire of Booze. Empire of Booze, which is a sort of history of Britain told through drink. And I, at one point, I was going to keep it just about wine, mm-hmm. cherry, Port, claret, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, but everyone said you've got to bring in gin, 
gin craze and stuff. And then I thought, well, bring in whisk, sure. bring in Scotch, bring in Irish whiskey, um, and then it sort of broadened it out and actually made it more fun, but also broadened out my knowledge as well. Okay, and got me really into cognac and, and things like that. Yeah, it's, it's so tied to the, this country, especially coming here, moving here as a foreigner. It is so tied to. Alcohol. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Maybe I'm a nerd. It doesn't seem to be as much as when I first moved here. I mean, it seems like the pub was everything when I first moved to London. Whether you're going on a date, a business meeting, family lunch, it was all at the pub. And now I think you have options. Um, but yeah, drinking is very important. Well, why? You, you wrote the book. Why? Yeah, why well, I mean, that, that was something that I tried to get get to the bottom of and I think it's it might have something to do with the climate and I think the yeah. fact that it's cold so you need alcohol well you don't need alcohol obviously, but it, it helps yeah, right, it makes yeah. things easier but at the same time it's not Sweden Russia cold so you don't just want oblivion or something to keep out the cold right, yeah. you can have sort of lighter drinks and then there's the um, I think there's a sort of native curiosity so rather than just we want to get drunk it's we want to get drunk in all yeah. kinds of different how ways many, how many different ways can many, get yeah drunk? so so you sort of look at the sort of things that um servants of the east india company used to drink in um in 18th century india and it's not just beer or wine or something like that it's port sherry arak um, brandy, whiskey, porter, IPA, small beer, and they had it all. You know, they had a right. whole array of drinks, and that's not so. It, it sort of suggests that they're not just trying to get drunk, though they did get drunk a lot. Right. But also, they're interested in in variety. Was that the pursuit, or just a consequence? Getting drunk. Um, I suppose it was. It's pretty hard to tell. I suppose I think they would have. People in those days would have probably be mildly drunk the whole time. Yeah, because you're drinking sort of like a, a low alcohol beer just because it's safer than safer water. Safer than water, yeah. 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 And, I, and, I, and I read this book that, that said that the Industrial Revolution would probably never have happened if tea and coffee hadn't come along. Because everyone would have been too drunk. They'd have lost their arms <laughs> right, in, yeah. in a machine. And, you know, and Manchester would never have developed. Right. But because you had these drinks where you... A, they provided caffeine, but also boiled water. You boil water to make tea. So it's a way of making water palatable and safe. Fascinating. And gives you a boost as well. Wow. Okay. And is it is it that much more, is, is, is drinking that much more prominent in the UK than other places? Or is it just a reputation or... Yeah, I mean, to be, to be honest, I think it is yeah. a lot of reputation and the fact that we're... Um, you know, we're, we're not, we're not a, a big country. We're not, we're not like, like, like America, but mm. British people do get about quite, sure. quite a lot. And there are, there are quite a lot of us. Yes. They make quite a lot of noise. But if you go to Denmark, I mean, they get absolutely hammered. Right. They, they, don't, they, they, they don't drink like continental cafe society type people. And it's the same in, in Belgium. They, they drink a lot. Right. You know, they drink... Um, and so, that, or even if you go to um, you go to Spain, I mean, they again they, they, they drink. Though they don't tend to, they, they in countries like Spain, they have one night a year. Yeah, they're absolutely hammered. They yeah, have yeah. a local saints' day, and they get paralytic. And then for the rest of the year, they're you know, more, they're yeah, a little more stayed, moderate. Yeah. But no, I think our reputation is probably um, there's a lot of um, sort of imperial 
and political rivalry tied up in it. So it's like those yeah. English, they're drunkards. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps because you've just had a war with them, yeah. so you want to denigrate them. Yeah, sure, sure, but sure. that's not to say that we don't drink a lot. Okay, wow. And speaking of drinking a lot, um, so you mentioned you should definitely have a, a good bourbon or rye in your bar. How else would you stock it? What's that? How else would you stock it? Sorry. How else would I stock it? Yeah. Um, I would have a really good blended scotch. Okay. I think something like uh, Johnny Walker Red Label okay. is really good because it's got that sort mm-hmm. of smoke in it that maybe okay. means that it goes with ginger, it goes with soda water, it kind of cuts through things. It even, even works with Coca-Cola. I'd have... I know there's hundreds of gins, yeah. but I'd have yes. just one really solid all-rounder gin, a kind of tankery, Sipsmith, classic, London okay. dry, stronger the better, really. Okay. I had this Swedish gin recently, God, I can't remember the name, but it was 70%, and I tried it in a gin and it, so it's you know, mainly, mainly gin, well, well, kind of half and half, I think it's um, like vermouth, red vermouth and gin. I tried it. Thought, That's delicious, and then I realised my ears were going red. <laughs> that was the only sign that it was so strong. Yeah, right. Wow. But I think with gin, you really want you want that strength. Okay. Um, so I, I know I've had all kinds of different gins, but some of them aren't good all rounders. So you get some that are very, say, floral, and they might be very nice in a martini but they're overpowered by tonic water or I've had some that are very lemony and they, they just don't really work in a martini it's just too, it's too lemony yeah. so something like tankery beefy you know you're classics okay. so you definitely need one of those um, Noily Pratt okay um, or, or, or Dolan for, for, for white vermouth yeah, right. yeah, okay. those essential um, and then for red maybe Martini Rosso is great for a, for, for a Negroni you, you know there's lots of other ones Cinzano do like a posh one mm-hmm. which is their sort of upmarket one which I think sure. is lovely it tastes a bit like um, cross between port and, and, and vermouth um, I suppose th- those, those are the, oh, yeah, that, that, yeah I think those are the essential oh Campari Campari okay. you've got to have, you've got to have Campari non-alcoholic because because you need lemons, limes, lemons, lime, soda water, um, tonic water, ginger beer. Um, yeah, you don't, you don't really. Apart from the sort of you know the garnishes, the or, you know the sort of the lemons, limes, and then you need Angostura, Angostura bitters, orange bitters, um, maybe another bitters, but that's not essential. But I think orange bitters are essential because they just lift so many drinks. You have a martini, you might be. Yeah. Orange bitters, magic. So basically, you want to be set up. Somebody shows up without, without much of a notice. You can make the martini. You can make the old fashioned, something in soda, something like that, very quickly, right? Yeah. Okay. Very cool. And researching into these bars and what makes a home bar. Are there any common threads? I mean, I guess beyond, you have it in the corner of your house. You could have a, a whole room dedicated to it. But you've noticed spite size things like that some commonalities I suppose the, the good ones have everything you need in the right place so they will have your shaker your ice bucket they're, 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 they are tools right. so they're not they don't just look good they work really really well sure. so that's I think that's how you tell whether it's just one that 
looks smart or one that's actually used properly. I actually haven't been there, but Alexander Rickards in, in Paris, I've seen lots of pictures, and it is spectacular, but it's also very, very functional and very, very well made okay. out. So you can tell that he uses it a lot. Oh, very nice, very nice. Yeah, the, the, the book has some amazing photos. So while you were writing it, were you drinking? Do you, do you drink a little when you write? No, no, not really. Um, I write mainly early in the morning. So okay. I get up early and I start normally at my desk at seven. Okay. And I write and then I take my daughter to school and I write a bit more. And then I'm kind of, I can't really get much done after about two in the afternoon. Right. So I just sort of send emails and phone okay. my mum or that kind of stuff. Sure, sure, sure. And I don't know, I can't, I've never managed to drink and write. Yeah, so right. yeah, no, I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> I wish I could, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Just wondering, and but were you listening to music? Yeah, I was listening okay. to music, but it has to be um, n- no vocals. It has to be okay. kind of um, Bill Evans. Um, oh, what else do I listen to? Thelonious Monk. Um, Miles Day, early Miles Day. So like the stop. mid-century jazz. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. Which, which, which is perfect for sort of home bar stuff. I agree. It's all about okay, yeah. that sort of... 50s, mid-century sophistication. Yes, and it's also, I think you could imagine, especially like a piano, that that's in the room, that's, that's, you know, in the corner someone's actually playing, I mean. So that that's always nice for me, but yeah, I, I listen to a lot of jazz, uh, a lot of Bill Evans actually. Uh, when I write, a good bit of that, and it's just nice in the background, and it doesn't disturb me. But then if I pay attention to it, it can provoke me. Yes, exactly. And I think that that's ideal. Yeah. It's got a sort of momentum as well, so you can feel yes. the sort of flow. And hopefully, the words coming out as as, as he plays. And so you you requested uh, Waltz for Debbie by Bill Evans for your intro, and uh, we'll do that as the outro for this interview. And uh, so you're a big, so big fan. Um, anything else you'd like to discuss before we uh, wrap it up? Um, not really. No, I just I, I just wanted to say um, about Bill Evans that he was inspired by an uncle who died a couple of years ago, who okay. was a great drinker, and just introduced me to lots of wonderful drinks, mm-hmm. to uh, Negronis, to green chartreuse um uncle peter so he was a sort of inspiration for the book okay uncle peter and uh, you got anything else coming up after this release i've got a few other ideas for books but they're not um not writing book isn't terribly lucrative okay so you need to take some time off <laughs> yeah. and, and 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 write them so i've got a few ideas but at the moment i'm i'm, I'm working for a whiskey um online whiskey retailer okay. based in Kent called Master of Malt okay, sure and, I, heard of them. and I edit their blog oh, uh, right. which is which is wonderful because Good I fun. get to write about what I love yes. and get a regular income very nice sounds like a dream so if people want to find out more about what you do or find out more about the, the book um, well it's um, available from all good Bookshops, you know, Amazon from stuff. mid-October from mid-October okay. I'm on Twitter I'm um, Henry G. Jeffries um World of Booze is my slightly neglected blog, okay. um, but you know it's it's easy to find out now. That's fantastic. Thanks for your time. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you.